Hey, this is Owen. Don't forget to like our show and subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by the Love and Kindness Project Foundation. What is one thing that you could do to think, speak, or act kindly today? Go to loveandkindnessproject.org to learn more. Before we begin this podcast, if you or someone you know is in crisis or needs emotional support, there are tools that can help. So get yourself a pen and paper or open a note-taking app on your phone or computer. Feel free to pause this episode while you get yourself ready. The episode starts at 1 minute and 6 seconds. You can call Talk Suicide Canada at 1-833-456-4566. You can text 45645, which is coming in the fall of 2023. In Canada, you can also call 988, the kids' help phone at 1-800-668-6868. The Trans Lifeline in Canada is 1-877-330-6366. And in the United States, 1-877-565-8860. Or call 911. You are not alone, and you do not have to be alone. I would like to honor and recognize the traditional and unceded territories of the Katsi, Kwantlen, and Semiamu nations on whose territory I live, work, and play. Welcome to We Are the ADHD Family Podcast. This podcast is meant to chronicle our journey with ADHD, autism, and other discoveries along the way. I reach out to advocates, experts, individuals, and other families that want to raise their voices and empower those on their journey. My name is Mark Smeets, and I am passionate about removing barriers for others through creating connections and building on strengths and practical problem solving. I am married to Siobhan, a parent to two wonderful kids, and all of us have ADHD. I want you to feel like you have power and hope. And now, into the episode. On Friday, September 8th, I had the opportunity to make a presentation to five ministries of the BC government. With the advocacy group that I'm a part of, which is the ADHD Advocacy Society of BC, and also CADRA, which is the Canadian ADHD Resource Alliance, I wanted to share my speech with you. You obviously cannot see the slides that I was looking at, but my speech was based on a couple of the statistics that the slide had and how it's intersected with my life. My slide was the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction. My name is Mark Smeets, and I have ADHD. People with ADHD are 33% more likely to be laid off. I've been laid off a total of four times. The first time in 2008 was a shock. It was my first week back to work after a car accident, and it was announced that all the jobs were moving to Ontario. I couldn't match the vision in my head with words of what I wanted to do next. I had no skills for job interviews either, let alone writing cover letters. Severance and employment insurance kept my future wife and I afloat, but we eventually moved in with my parents. It took me three years to find another job, and that lasted 11 months. I could not remember things as they were taught to me, and that is part of working memory. I also had one coworker yell at me and proceed to give me quote-unquote dumb guy drills and drill me in front of the open concept office. This person happened to be in the military. The final layoff was because the office burned down, and due to all the stress and shock, I just couldn't fully process the event. But back to the grind of trying to find work with the same lack of direction, lack of vision, and I hit my breaking point after applying to about 150 jobs. People with ADHD are 61% more likely to be fired. I've been fired twice. The first time, I started a job one month before the pandemic hit. 
I was given very little training and I was bounced around from role to role. When it came to my actual job, regardless of my extremely extensive background, I couldn't remember things. I didn't understand how I learned and I needed more time and proper training. I tried very hard to rely on my technical strengths, but it wasn't good enough. I struggled to keep my attention on tasks because my brain would just jump around from item to item. I couldn't put in order any of it. I was called stupid, I was denied accessibility, and I was humiliated by having to take a course on emotional intelligence because I couldn't express where the gaps were. And by gaps, I mean I couldn't understand why I wasn't grasping the material and what pieces I was missing. The second time, I struggled to recall specific tasks and details that needed to be done. If I was labeling a chart, I'd forget to label the X and Y axis. When I drove home, thoughts and solutions raced around my head, and I would pull over on the highway and write these stories out on my iPhone. Or I'd call my wife and ask her to text them to me so I wouldn't forget when I got home. When I'm in the car and those ideas hit, I will not remember them when I get by the time I get home. At one point, I broke down in tears because I had put a presentation together wrong. My boss yelled at me over the phone with coworkers in the next room. After all the discrimination and abuse, I was eventually fired. If I had supports, I would have kept these roles. In any of these roles, the culmination of barriers leads to trauma. No matter how hard I tried, I felt I couldn't do anything right. I am not stupid. I am smart. As for the emotional impact, a lot of us ADHDers are impacted by RSD or rejection sensitivity disorder. The feedback that we get, it's like chopping off an arm, no matter how gentle somebody may be. That tiny criticism is humongous. And the panic attacks I've had are not fun either. When I sit down to write a cover letter, I might have an idea, but then it's just gone. Trying hard doesn't produce words on paper, no matter how hard you look at the screen. As for the physical impact, my weight's been a yo-yo, and my physical health has absolutely suffered. Some of you have probably seen my journey with triathlon and, and how I've gotten my, my kids involved in every, everything with training, but now that that's over, I don't understand... I can't find a middle ground. You know, it's either exercise all the time or do nothing at all. It's, it's, it's eat a bunch of stuff or don't eat a bunch of stuff. I don't get it. As for my kids, I worry about my kids. My parents had money. I had a safety net growing up. If it wasn't for them, I probably would have been on the street. My kids don't have this. I worry about how what I do now is going to affect them. My wife and I are trying desperately to empower our kids to be as authentic as they can be and make that their purpose in life and draw an income off of that. Can they survive? I have no idea. That's the end of the speech. Thank you for your time. And there you go. That's the speech I gave to the government. It was short. It was not very long, but it was definitely an emotional, an emotional experience to phrase things out like this. I really do want to do an episode at some point on how ADHD can show up and manifest in in the work that you do. And it's not all struggles. Sometimes that hyper-focus can pay off, but you have to be very intentional with these things. 
So this is being released on the start of ADHD Awareness Month. And if you're wondering what is something that you can do, so what our government needs to hear, and I think what most governments need to hear, is they need to hear from people with lived experience. And what I would invite you to do is contact your MLA, contact your MP, and arrange a conversation with them and say, here's how ADHD has affected my life. Here's how the lack of supports, the lack of funding, the lack of anything, whether it's for you or for your kid, have affected our life. And these are the stories and experiences that people need to start hearing. I love a good joke. Um, I know that I will sit there and rip off a good few ADHD jokes, but this is serious too. And this can really mess with someone's life. The amount of people on the street with addictions, especially in this city, that may have been able to have been helped in childhood, or maybe their families, maybe they were helped and then, you know, they aged out of the system and there were no supports for them. Those are the things that we need to bring forward to government now. And it doesn't matter what city that you're in, start doing it there to start those conversations because it doesn't hurt. It, it's only going to help. If you want to go further than just talking to your MLA or MP, so we're going to dive into something very Canadian specific. Here in the province of BC, the government, specifically the children, it's, it's the uh, CYSN or the Children and Youth with Support Needs, that part of the government has started an engagement project. And this engagement project has given opportunities to advocacy groups like ours and many, many others to reach out to families with lived experiences and talk about what their experience is about the lack of supports that are out there. So provincially, if you want to get involved, look for that information, look for that engagement project. And as time goes on, I will be bringing this up with our advocacy group and I will be talking about it on the podcast. On the federal end, the federal end has been very, very interesting because over the summer, um, or just before the summer, I can't remember now, there was a MP in Edmonton, and I believe Edmonton's her writing, uh, but her name is Heather McPherson, and she started a, basically, it's it's called a National Framework for ADHD. And they also started a National Framework for Autism as well, but I don't know who the MP that's looking after that is. Um, but back to the ADHD one, you can get involved with, with that. And there's an episode that I want to make in terms of how you can get involved with those things because it's critical and it's important that we speak up and that we say something about this now. I I normally don't do this, but I do need to knock some of the advocacy groups that are out there. The groups are, and I mean, you would have heard this too from this one presentation, but they are very much within keeping things for their specific thing. And I'm not necessarily knocking them in such a bad way, but other groups can suffer if we're only talking about their specific issues. We need to expand that voice and you need to, if there's something that you believe in that you think is missing, scream it out there and Hey, reach out to me and I'll, and you know, we'll talk about it too. And if there's a chance for me to amplify something, I'd amplify it for you. But those advocacy groups that are out there, they've got to be for everyone, not just for 
that specific group. And I think that's where some advocacy groups have probably just lost their way and they're only focused on boink, that. And what makes it worse is the media will focus on those specific groups, maybe because financially they bring in a lot of money or they know they, they have friends in the media that they can rely on to get their just their message out. That is not helping. Do what you can to to get involved with these things. Because again, it's going to make a difference. And I know we've got an election coming up probably in the next two years. Uh, it sounds so weird to say, but I've never seen a government, federally or provincially, that regardless of what is going on in the world right now with inflation and everything else, I haven't seen a government on either end be this involved, this active, and that's really positive. And I can't stand the negativity I see that comes from the opposition, but we can't let that negativity silence our voices. This is the time to speak up. There has been progress in the past couple of years, with, especially with COVID. There are some really good things that have come out of this. And not out of COVID per se, but just out of the, the policies that the government's passed. There are some really good things. We need to keep fighting for them. And if you, real, if you really feel like that you've got to do more, then you got to run for office or you got to run for that school counselor position or something in the municipal side of things. you got to step up because if you don't step up, if you aren't raising your voice, then we're just letting others who are trying to take this stuff away do that. And that's a problem. One final thought on this end. A lot of people will say, well, I don't want to get involved in politics. It's, this is, I don't get political. Guess what? You are. You, it is such a, it's a bit of a cop-out to say that phrase. Because really what you're saying is you're not interested in the Robert's rules of order. You're not interested in the way of sitting there going through a process, a committee, and all that kind of stuff. And that part I totally get. But it's necessary. What When you say that you aren't interested in politics, you're lying. You are. You want to see the services for everybody in there. This is why we do pay our taxes, so we can have those fundings and have those things in that. If you're saying, hey, I support a government that wants to take this stuff away or that believes in a totally other direction that is going to result in having people's rights and, and, and livelihoods, you know, sort of taken away, that's political as well. So you're involved in it no matter what. Just quit saying you're not. My hope is that you are, you can and you feel empowered to do something about this because you can and your voice your voice does make a difference. I didn't think that this speech took a lot of energy out of me. I was wrong. <laughs> I was really, really wrong about that. Pretty much, uh, it's been a week and a half now, because it's September 18th that I'm recording this, but it's been a, a week and a half since I've done the presentation, and I'm now just finally getting most of my regular energy back. It completely. Uh, it was an emotional experience I for me, and seeing 
the reaction from from the ministers and staff from the from the staff rather not the ministers but um you know if it was emotional for them uh yeah it was like a it was a pretty big impact on myself and i didn't expect it so i'm feeling better feeling good for it and happy that i did it and happy that i can share this with you as well well that's all i have to say for now so wherever you are this is a short one but this is a really important one to to have told so have yourself a good day good week and keep fighting keep advocating thank you for listening to our show if you're hearing this message you've reached the end of the episode and for that i want to say thank you i hope you have enjoyed what you've heard and are walking away with newfound knowledge we are the ADHD family see you soon for a new episode i have three things to ask of you Number one, if you have any comments, questions, or guest ideas, please leave a comment on the Facebook page. Number two, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps people find us. And number three, if you want to be a guest on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, contact me through our Facebook page. This podcast is open to everyone. You don't need to be an expert, just passionate and want to see change. The opinions expressed by the host and guest are not associated with any employer or organization unless otherwise stated.